everyone, and welcome to episode 9 of On Call with Angel MD, the podcast at the intersection of finance, healthcare, and entrepreneurship. Once again, this is your reminder to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. You can find us by searching On Call with Angel MD in the iTunes store. This will ensure you get the episodes straight to your library as soon as they're available. Also, you can check us out on SoundCloud if you prefer that. Last week, we talked to Mohsen Hajrati about the potential AI has in healthcare. To further illustrate that and the diversity of AI applications, I've interviewed three startup executives from the AngelMD network about how they are using AI to solve a problem in healthcare. Zina Ali of Mammoth Technologies, Mark Cohen of Kinemetrics, and Nick Delmonico of Stratos Labs. I'll let them introduce themselves. Well, my name is Zia Ali, and I am founder and CEO of Mammoth Technologies. Uh, We are a blockchain AI company um, currently building applications in healthcare. I have a background in application development for 10 years uh, where I worked with uh, companies like Lockheed Martin, Children's Hospital Los Angeles, UCLA Health, and Sony in developing applications, specifically um, in their IT department and in, in the healthcare vertical. My name is Mark Cohen. Um, I have degrees in biomedical engineering and electrical and computer engineering. I'm the CTO of a startup company that's about one year old now. Uh, the name of the company is Kinometrics. And what we do is provide objective measures to physical rehabilitation clinicians so that they can more effectively evaluate and um, define the protocols for uh, rehabilitating a patient. And this is neuromuscular rehabilitation and musculoskeletal rehabilitation. My name is Nick Delmonico. I'm the CEO and founder of Stratos Labs. And Stratos Labs is bringing uh, better respiratory health to patients in the ICU and transitions of care to try and improve clinical optimization and uh, reduce cost of complications. I know with three guests, it can get a bit confusing, so if you hear them back-to-back, they'll be in the same order you just heard. Z, Mark, and then Nick. One thing that stuck out to me after these interviews is just how large the scope of AI is, even within a specific industry. Though all three of these companies use some sort of AI technology, they're all doing it in different ways to solve different problems. So we take a look at um, a physician credentials, specialties, and expertise, and we match them with the best possible opening, locum opening, or job that is provided through a healthcare organization such as a hospital, an urgent care, or a clinic. And so um, how AI ties into all of this and deep learning and neural networks uh, is that we have a technique uh, that that allows for a human-like deductive reasoning, sort of like an inference and decision-making skill. So we do that by applying algorithms. These algorithms allow us to use technical and and complex-based statistics to allow us to create smarter matches. We use the element of probability theory, signal processing, and even some elements of psychology as far as a physician's background or what the healthcare organization may be looking 
more indecision. So we take this, those elements and kind of create the, the two to come together in a, in, in a more intelligent manner. And so what we do is we provide something called a, a machine learning as a service. And, um, and this, this concept comes from being able to have flexibility to customize what you are looking for as a physician and what the healthcare organization may be looking for as well. And so those types of customizations um, can work in public or private sectors and can be extremely flexible when it comes to customization. So in um, physical rehabilitation, uh, up till now there have not been any objective measures used. They're all subjective. So typically the clinician says to the patient, well, on a scale of 0 to 10, how are you feeling today? And what we've done is we've actually uh, created a a sensor and a cloud platform that enables the clinician to collect objective data based on the patient's movements. Okay, so what this means is that we can collect a whole lot of data on patients with different types of injuries. We can use demographics to try and distinguish between the different patients and the different uh, conditions. And then we can use um, machine learning, which I guess is a subset of artificial intelligence, um, to help us figure out what the best course of treatment would be for a patient suffering from a particular condition, and that patient is in a certain age group and is of a certain height and a certain weight. That's one way that we use artificial intelligence. We also use it to determine the rate at which we think the patient is going to get better. So by sort of looking at their progress and predicting ahead, we can say, okay, well, we think that this patient will only need uh, three more sessions with their clinician. And this helps insurance companies uh, determine reimbursements. But what we're also trying to do, which makes the job easier for the clinician, is to use artificial intelligence machine learning to determine what kind of movement the patient just performed. So instead of the clinician having to stand there and watch them do 10 repetitions of a movement, they could say, I want you to do this, 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 and this, and then our algorithms will automatically uh, determine what kind of movement they performed based on the signals from our sensors. So we use artificial intelligence by integrating our acoustic lung sound classification system onto our big data platform, which allows us to, number one, identify changes in lung health in real time for patients, and to then be able to provide that information in a structured way back to care teams. Uh, we also integrate that data with a variety of other information about the patient or their environment so that we can get a much better holistic picture of somebody's respiratory health at any given time. And that's particularly beneficial for patients who suffer from either airway conditions or have come out of surgeries and have a higher risk of pulmonary-related complications like pneumonia. 
Um, so we're trying to get information that uh, otherwise really goes unnoticed back to care teams. There was definitely a common thread with all three interviewees. They all saw the huge potential of AI, and they saw it from the perspectives of everyone involved in the care process. It wasn't just all, this will make the doctor's lives easier. There was a real recognition of how it affects patients and insurance companies too. And this is why innovators decided to go the route of AI. It can impact the care process from all sides. Here's Z, Mark, and Nick talking about why they decided to use AI. Well, um, there are many different technology avenues that are available, but what we were looking for is something that's more robust and more custom. There there are more capabilities of customization in the back end to run something like predictive models. And um, the, the decision primarily comes from the fact that, number one, primarily my expertise lies in, in, in blockchain and the integration of blockchain into AI. And so because of my my growth with Mammoth Technologies in that area of expertise, I was able to it – was, it was a little bit more um, accommodating to figure out those areas. Also, I do I do firmly believe that the future in part lies in AI and and the development of AI. We are certainly heading into that direction, and it's a it truly is a matter of building a strong foundation right now, building that foundation in blockchain and creating it so that we are are able to build on top of that to go in the direction of artificial intelligence. Uh, prior to this company, Kinematrics, um, mm-hmm. one of my colleagues and I started another company called Ergonometrics, and the idea was somewhat related. It was to put the sensor on a worker, a manual laborer, and measure their movements during the course of their work shift. And then what we had to do is, from those measurements, we had to give feedback to the worker and say, okay, you are bending incorrectly. You're not bending at the knees, you're bending at the waist. You're twisting your body instead of turning your body when you when you want to uh, move something from left to right or right to left. And these mm-hmm. put you at risk for lower back injuries. After a lot of investigation, I mean, this was over the course of three years, um, I determined that um, a couple of machine learning tools were very good at predicting the kind of movements that these workers had done. So when we started Kinematrics, I already had the idea that these kind of machine learning techniques would would work well. Yeah, so when we were thinking about how to develop the platform and develop the, the device that you know ultimately allows us to, to gather acoustic lung sound data, um, we mm-hmm. understood that using artificial intelligence and machine learning methods would be really an optimal way for us not only to identify and classify uh, adventitious breathing sounds and other events that are you know, important to respiratory health, but then be able to more effectively turn that data into information and ultimately into sort of wisdom, right, which is, which is the ultimate goal. Um, and, and particularly for lung sounds and acoustics around um, you know, pulmonary condition, it was important for us to be able to, to use methods of which we can learn about, you know, not just the specific sound, but also, uh, the environment that that sound is coming from or, or the, you know, other variety of information that could be pertinent to, to a patient. So, 
Um, yeah, that's, that was really why we wanted to use artificial intelligence, was to make it a little bit smarter um, and, you know, be more predictive and, and really get some interesting data back to care teams. As Nick Delmonico of Stratus touches on there, AI has to add to a physician's ability, not take away from it. A key to getting to that point, which all three innovators discussed, was physician feedback. Though all had a different way of incorporating this into their product, it was something they all did and made a priority. And it's especially important when you're working with a technology like AI that a lot of doctors aren't familiar with. Well, we've worked, um, so one of our co-founders is a, uh, an MD, and his specialty is pain man- management. He has a, a chiropractor in his office as well. And one of the other co-founders is a, an athletic trainer. So we started off in his office and we started looking at his patients and then taking data on his patients and getting feedback from him and the chiropractor. Then we moved on to some, um, uh, I, I guess you call them uh, elder, elder care places where mm-hmm. um, a lot of his patients experience falls. And what they asked us to do was try and assess the risk of someone falling, which we are working on right now. Um, we've also been able to use a particular billing code for making these measurements, which is reimbursed by insurance. We have been reimbursed 100% by all private and commercial and other and government insurance companies. So we haven't we we've worked with a lot of providers, but we haven't worked with a lot of insurance carriers. Basically, the practitioner submits um, for the work that they've done. They use this particular CPT billing code, and this particular CPT billing code is accepted by insurance carriers as a functional test. And so the the clinician gets reimbursed for the use of our platform, which has, you know, helped enormously in, um, you know, getting clinicians to adopt it. So it's always been really important to us at Stratos and and particularly myself, too, um, on a personal level. So I myself am not a clinician, but uh, I was fortunate enough to have parents who are both in clinical medicine and, and a brother and sister who are also in clinical medicine as well. So I've... I sort of known on firsthand uh, that it's extremely important to get information back to care teams in a way that's simple and easy to use and makes sense, right? It can't add more challenges to their day. It can't add more clicks through their workflow. It has to be something that adds value um, without adding a lot of time and, and cost. So um, we've been very, very focused on integrating both patients as far as how they would integrate and use our device and which form factor they would be interested in wearing it, um, while also working with care teams to figure out what data do you need or want and what's most important for you to be able to make, you know, better clinical decisions or to, you know, improve your clinical workflow and, you know, in what way would you want to see that information. So that's been something that we've done, you know, over the, the, the really the life cycle of the product and we'll continue to do going forward. In the last episode, Mosin talked about how he identified AI as an emerging trend by the companies that were initially investing in it. Earlier this month, CBS Insights released a comprehensive report of how Google's parent company, Alphabet, is planning to utilize AI to, quote, reinvent the $3 trillion U.S. healthcare industry, end quote. If I or any of the guests I've had on the podcast hasn't done enough to convince you AI will become a huge player in healthcare, that should. 
But for me, it's really these startups that get me excited about the potential, and they're pretty excited too. I think the the most exciting thing is being able to take a look at patient data and have that level of analytics with patient data. Uh, I, I think that that there's a huge intelligence behind healthcare and AI, and it's very well thought out. Um, I, I think that there are some challenges that do exist with that, but I think that um, the future truly does lie in structured and unstructured data. There, you know, with healthcare specifically, that there is um, an increased availability of healthcare data, and it's rapidly progressing towards analytics techniques. I think it's a huge space uh, for for these for machine learning and AI. Um, I think so much can be done with machine learning and AI. I think helping you know the the whole idea would be to help the patient. Uh, you know how can you help the patient? Well, you can help the patient by directing them to the right kind of treatment. You can help the patient by directing them to the right kind of practitioner. You can help the patient by giving them feedback on how they're doing during the course of treatment. Um, as soon as you sort of engage a patient with numbers and measurements, they become much more involved in their own treatment. They're much likely, more likely to come back for second, third, fourth, fifth treatments than if you just say, okay, we're going to give you about 12 treatments because that's all your insurance allows. Um, what people are finding, we've talked to a lot of um, physical therapists, they say people stop after three or four visits. It's not because, they're, because they've recovered. They're just bored. They don't, you know, they're not sure whether they are getting better or not getting better. Some days they feel good. Some days they feel bad. But it just becomes too much of a hassle for them to come and and do the um, and see the practitioner. But as soon as you give them numbers, they say, "Oh, oh, I want to see if my numbers this week are better than my numbers two weeks ago." Um, I think it's sort of somewhat inherent in human nature to, to be competitive, <laughs> even if you're competing with yourself. So I think you know AI and machine learning. Um, yeah, on on so many levels in medicine has has potential in, in so many different ways in in medicine. Thank you for listening to On Call with Angel MD. Visit us on angelmd.co for more information. You can follow us on Twitter at angelmd underscore inc or on Facebook at backslash angelmd inc, and you can find us on LinkedIn as well. I'm also on Twitter at smacha nineteen ninety five. We're a pretty new podcast, so we would love any feedback you have. Tweet us with the hashtag AngelMD on call and let us know what you thought of the episode. Thank you for listening. We hope you join us again. So I interviewed three separate people for this episode of the podcast, and unfortunately, I wasn't able to include all of their great responses to the questions so if I asked If that's something them. you're interested in hearing, a full uncut interview with each of these guests or any of our previous guests, then please tweet at me or the podcast and let us know.